So it's been like six months since I've been here uh, in the church, and I'll tell you, there's a lot that the Lord has been teaching me, a lot that the Lord has been working me through. Um, all praise to him. Uh, I just thank the Lord that um, he's a God that teaches. He doesn't only command, but he teaches as well. That can certainly be an example for uh, fathers in the home, uh, them to you know, lead uh, not only with instruction, but by example and uh, you know, uh, in- intellectual leading as well. A great lesson that I learned in particular is one that is easy to know in your mind, but it's a different story when you're trying to apply it to your heart. Let's read, uh, let's actually start Romans uh, chapter 5, and we'll start verse 18 here. Therefore, as by the fence of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Who here can testify that they're saved by God's grace? I think a lot of you, we have our Wednesday, we have our Wednesday night crowd here, and, uh, you know, so I think a lot of us can testify that we're saved. We once lived in a relationship with the world. By God's grace, we entered into a relationship with him. We were saved. We were saved from what? And a lot of, first, first reaction is death, which is absolutely true. We were saved from eternal death of hell, but we were also saved from sin itself. My message tonight is about living the life that we are saved to. Let's continue down in verse 1 here, a few more verses. of Chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? The title of my message this evening is being dead to sin. Let's open our message in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, gracious and holy Father, I thank you for the opportunity you've given me uh, to preach this message, Lord. I just pray that you would work in my speech, you'd work my clarity of thought, you would work um, really in the things I've written down, the things I've studied. I just pray that um, I'll be able to express my ideas and the way I have in my mind, that they'll be clearly brought um, to the congregation today and to uh, the live stream as well. I just pray you would, um, you would encourage me, Lord, to just... Preach what you want me to preach. Um, only your words, not mine. I just pray you'd also open the ears and hearts of those in this building and those watching online. We love you, Lord, and we pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Let's continue on. Uh, let's jump down to uh, verse 6 here. Uh, chapter 6, verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. So you think of this, being dead to sin. If I could have a volunteer, Dion, would you mind uh, coming up here into the uh, stage over here? Now, can you do me a huge favor and uh, lie on the ground? <laughs> okay. Just lie on the ground. You know, just, you're taking a nap or something. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, just all the way down. Yeah, perfect. Great. Hey, perfect. Now... 
you're dead too, so you might want to like close your eyes, stick out your tongue or something. I don't know. Like. <laughs> so this is, this is a dead, well, I mean, it looks like a dead person. This is, so imagine uh, someone that's dead. I'll say, I'll say, uh, you know, I kick him, kick him in the shoulder. Okay, not moving. In the gut. <laughs> hey, do you want? You're a really cool person. There's something weird about a dead body. See, something that is dead doesn't react to things externally affecting it. Something that's dead is not really influenced by its environment. It doesn't really change from its environment. I mean, well, let's see, decompose. But, you know, talking, talk, talking emotionally. Emotionally, he's not going to really react in a personable way to what I am doing uh, to this body. You can, uh, you can, you're back to life. Yeah, you can go back to sit, sit down now. <laughs> so if you think about that, something that is dead to sin, as far as sin is concerned, you're dead. There's no reaction to sin. We think of, you know, the world and its temptations towards you. We think of Satan and his trying to tempt you. If you're dead to sin, you are not externally influenced by that sin. Now, salvation gives you the opportunity to not react to sin. See, before, the only thing you could really seek was the world. It's the only thing you could really chase after and look for and find your hope in. But when you're saved, now you have the opportunity to see something greater than what the world can give you. You can seek the Lord himself. And sometimes when we look at the sin, we, we have sometimes a wrong perspective of the sin in relation to uh, our chasing and our punishment. See, if you think of a child, and a child is, you know, at home or whatever, and um, a child learns to be good because, you know, if the child does something, then, you know, the parent is going to punish them with whatever. And it has that association. Sometimes as Christians, we have the association we only do things that are good because we know something wrong is going to happen to us. And see, while you're dead to sin, and see, as a child gets older, apologies, as, he, as a child gets older, he realizes that life is just simply better than doing, doing right. And we think of this being dead to sin, and we want to be not influenced by sin, but really a key element to not being influenced by sin is have the right perspective that Sin is something that is, we don't, we don't disregard sin, we don't avoid sin for the sake of punishment. Of course, we know that we'll have that, but what we're seeking is ultimately what's going to give us what's better, and that's Jesus Christ. See, without this understanding, there is a confusion. Why, why even to serve God? We, don't, we wouldn't need to avoid sin because, I mean, if, we don't have our ultimate punishment, our ultimate chastening, which is you know, the eternal lake of fire. We don't have that. So why would, we, why would we go out and go above and beyond if we know if we're saved, then you know, we can just do whatever we want in the end. You know, we'll be saved in heaven anyway. And see, there's a temporary, then there's temporary punishment, but heaven is greater than, uh, is, has more magnitude and will overwhelm any punishment here on earth. So why would we even, like, ever try to serve God or try to live for him if, oh, we mean, mean sure, sure, we'll get some, you know, punishment in hell, but, I mean, uh, punishment on earth, but, you know, we won't go to hell in the end. And see, I'm not talking about, you know, a specific grace movement or anything. I'm talking about individual people 
because we tend to downplay sin. There are white lies, there are bitter thoughts, uh, lusting, which may not have immediate consequences, but there is something so much more to life than simply avoiding punishment. If we continue on to Romans 6, now verse 8. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. See, when you are dead to sin, uh, when, you're dead, uh, when you're dead to sin and with Christ, which is different than to Christ, you're not dead to Christ, you're dead uh, with Christ, you are automatically living with Christ. So if you're sinning, even if it's a little sin, you are automatically not living with Christ, but you are dead to Christ. See, we're talking about this dead, you know, ma- you know imagine Daniel again, you know, have this dead body. If you're dead to Christ and you're not reacting to God's working in your life, how's God going to influence your life? How's God going to make something great out of you to the world? We have to be dead to sin and dead with God and alive with him. Let's continue on now in verse 9. Let's go to chapter 6, verse 9 here. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in he that liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, so as you've just seen, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, this reckon, you think of this reckon, you know, you know, we're from New England. And I, you know, over in uh, California, I see some people from the South and, I mean, no, no one has really exclaimed reckon to me because they know they'll be weird on campus. But, you know, some people in South, you know, from the South, they say, yeah, we say reckon sometimes. You know, I reckon this, oh, I reckon that. Oh, I reckon that. You know, I'll be there in the morning. Uh, you know, reckon is a word, uh, it means to acknowledge or to notice. We need to acknowledge, we need to count ourselves dead to sin. We often don't think about our position in Christ as we should. We often look at our salvation as, I'm going to heaven someday. Our salvation is more than just a ticket to heaven. It is a new life. Amen. It's a life that we have the choice to live out. Now we continue down uh, now here in verse 12. Let's go down to verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lusts thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments unto righteousness or of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall have no dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Let me think of this word grace here and praise the Lord for his grace. Sometimes we have, however, we sometimes have a misinterpretation of what grace is. You know, so sometimes we think of grace as like, you know, the first thing we think of is like, oh, that's my, that's my free ticket to do whatever. Oh, now I can, now that I have grace, I can do whatever I want. And we think of the two definitions of, uh, you know, we have grace and mercy. A lot of common uh, definitions that they use to um, you know, relate those two is a mercy is something that we don't receive but we deserve. And grace is something that we receive that we don't deserve. Now, grace, we receive something more than what we deserve. This isn't a giving of a free pass, but it is a giving of power over sin. We see here in Philippians 4, 11, 
Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned, and whatsoever state I am, therewith to, where, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, I know how to abound everywhere, and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And this is God's grace here. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. See, Paul says he can do all things. And the reason he says this and what he really is concerned about is if he has the power over his desires. He is full as far as the world is concerned. He is full in terms of how sin is his flesh is concerned. But God sees a hunger and thirst for God's righteousness. What are you after? How the world can fill you or how God can fill you? See, we can even look for things that aren't even sinful. Time and energy is spent in watching TV or playing on your phone, those aren't wrong, but does your excitement and passion rest on the next Netflix show or the next sports game or the next vacation, the next government decision, or is it the next thing that God wants from your life? Let's go down now to uh, verse 15. Let's continue on, uh, chapter 6, verse 15. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom, uh, to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or, or of obedience unto righteousness. See, we often look at sin as oh, just doing the wrong thing, but some of the greatest sins in our life are not doing the right thing. If we think of the word yield, we have these words yield here uh, uh, mentioned a couple times. Think of yield as think of it as a yield sign on the road. It's to give way to incoming traffic. It's a waiting for, a submission to. And there is only one of two things you can yield to in this life. Sin or obedience. We see in this verse. Whether ye whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Oh Justin, you know, I, I obey God the best I can. But how about attending church faithfully? And, you know, and this can be applied to those watching online, and I'm, I'm sure there's definitely a legitimate and understand, there's an understanding of the concern of the virus. In Hebrews 10, 24, however, we have, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. And if you have a concern for your health, that is completely okay, but please don't miss church for the sake of convenience. And I'm not speaking to anyone in particular. I mean, I just got here, you know, like last night, so I mean, in six months. So there's no one I'm specifically talking about. But I mean, this COVID, like this is an issue all across churches, people struggling to get back into church. And sometimes when you get into the flow of things, it's hard to get back. The assembling of God's people is more than just information. It's more than just hearing a message and, you know, and giving your offering it, the congregation of people together where people can help one another. See, the church is more than, this church is more than Pastor Shaw. It's all the people here. And everyone, everyone can be an influence. And if, you're, and if you're just watching a live stream, you can't see the other people here in church. That can be an encouragement to you. So I just pray if, if, if you're not really concerned about the virus, please come and attend church. And what about soul winning? Okay, Justin, but sewing, really? You know, we have social distancing. Social distancing. But that doesn't stop you from putting pamphlets on doors or phone calling a friend or talking to a coworker during lunch break. 
or posting the gospel message on social media. And I've seen this so much on social media where people are posting all this political stuff, you know, like, oh, man, this is going on with the government. But let me ask you, is there, is there more on your social media, is there more stuff about what the government is doing or is there more stuff about the gospel? And that's a reflection of what you trust on, honestly. In Matthew 28, 18, and we were familiar with this passage, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. How can we say that we are filled with the Spirit and influenced by God if we do not have enough love for a human being to save him from eternal hell? If we're not going out of our way, making an effort to serve God, what is the point of life itself? Here, let's go down to now to uh, verse uh, 17 here in Romans 6, verse 17. But God be thanked that we were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart. That, from, uh, that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being, they, being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness, into iniquity, unto iniquity, even so now yield your members to servants to righteousness unto holiness. Before we were saved, all we could pursue was our own flesh and the world which promised us everything but gave us nothing. But now we can pursue God who promises everything we can possibly imagine, yet gives us so much more. Stop living for the world and live for the Lord Jesus Christ. You have God all the way in your heart, but does God have you all the way to your heart? COVID-19 is, is a struggle for churches all across America, including this one as well. But God is faithful. And I've heard, I've talked with some people about how some of the blessings that God has given this church through this time. But more than taking you through a trial, he wants to change you. In James 1, we see in verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work. And this is the change here, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Romans 12, I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed unto this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, God has a reason for this pandemic, and I don't know exactly why, but what I do know is that lost people are scared and thinking about death right now. And then I know that quarantine has given me more time with God. Let's now go down to verse 20 here in Romans 6. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. See, look back in your life before COVID-19 and, um, and just look at, look at it starting uh, then until now. Any unsaved person can watch a TV series, finish books, perform well at a job, but those things lead to nothing as they will disappear with the rest of the world when the world ends. How much of the Bible have you read? How many people have you witnessed to? 
How many verses have you memorized? How have you, how have you been a blessing to other believers? What spiritual my, milestones have you made in these last six months? In verse 22 here, But now being made free from sin and became the servants of God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end, and in the end everlasting life. See, Daniel, I'm going to pick on you again. Can you come up here? Picking one more time here. So before I was saved, I was pursuing just the world. And I was out in the ocean. You can stay there. I was out in the ocean. I was just, I was drowning, trying to keep myself afloat. I had nothing. I couldn't do anything. And I was young. I didn't know where I was, but I still had nothing. And some of you guys have been older and recall more of how your life has been before you got saved. And God, with his mercy, he took me to shore, and he saved me. And you can sit here. But some of us were sitting on the pier, looking out to the water. We're looking back at our old life. And we have an entire country, a continent, a world that we can adventure with God that God can lead us to. But so often, we look at the world for our pleasure, for our comfort, for our peace. But God wants us to adventure with him. There's so much more than what, is, what was in our lives before. God is calling you. And you know, can you say my name? Justin. Say it like, say it like pretend you're God or something. Justin. <laughs> You know, but, but really, guys, God is calling you, and you can sit down. God is, God is saying, you know, Brother Laterno, come walk with me. Mr. Neal, come walk with me. God, God is speaking to you. And in, in, in all seriousness, God wants you to walk with him. And so often, what do we depend on for our comfort? Do we rest on Oh, what, what can we get with the next guy? Or, you know, how can we up this one guy? Or how can, you know, how can I just feel comfortable with where I'm at? And we just rest on those. But there's so much more to life than just what's here on earth. We have God to depend on. And it wasn't until I stood, I turned around off that pier I stood up and I followed him inland that I realized what living as a Christian was like. Is Christianity something you do or something you are? This last verse of the chapter here, for the wages of sin, whether you're saved or not, is death. But the gift of God is eternal life, life that lasts forever, but not only lasts forever, but is through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, we receive eternal life from Jesus Christ, our Lord, but also our life is with Jesus. Here, let's turn to Romans. I didn't have this in my notes, but let's go to 1 John real quick. And uh, verse 5 here. And we can uh, start off in verse 9. 1 John 5, 9. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. 
For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not that the, record, the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record, that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. See, your life, the life that you're going to receive in heaven, I, I thank you, Daniel, for picking those songs. We you were talking about heaven before, and you know, what a, you know, what a day, you know, that wasn't the song we sang, but what a day is it going to be when we go to heaven? And the best part of heaven that we have is an unadulterated, untainted relationship with God. It's the, that, that's literally the best part of heaven. That I don't have to deal with the sins that I struggle with. I don't have to try and release myself from sin. I don't have to try and pull myself towards God. I can just be with God and be with him. And just, just, sorry, concentrate on, concentrate on loving him and being loved by him. And if, and if your life, if you enjoy sin too much, heaven isn't going to be very appealing for you. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just like a vacation place. Are you tired of your sin? Are you tired of being influenced by your sin? Do you want to be out of your sin? And this isn't just sin that we do. This is sin of the things that we don't do. We're commanded to share the gospel. We're, we're commanded to be a blessing to other people. There are so many things that we choose over God. What is preventing you from going inland and finding peace from him and nothing else and prioritizing your time and energy for God? Everything that you do outside of what God desires means nothing. God has given us life that is not only eternal, but is in his own presence. When are you going to let his influence, his presence influence you? And when are you going to be dead in sin and alive to Christ?